Hi guys, it's Josh Rubin here with Treasure Davis on our latest edition of the Rubin Special live from New York. Treasure, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we have a lot to be thankful for today, but uh, Treasure is here celebrating her expansion. She's just closing on uh, the latest edition of her uh, commercial space out in Colorado Springs. We say Colorado, you say Colorado. Um, so tell us a little bit about that and how it happened. Um, so Tom, Tom Ferry is our coach and that we are ready for when opportunities present themselves and to be ready so that when there is, you know, some hesitation in the market, we can pounce if an opportunity arises. And this opportunity arose two weeks, came available. And so we decided that we wanted to purchase it and add to our current space. So we added about 1,500 square feet to the 3,000 we already own. So now we're right around 500 square feet and we just closed today. So wow, pretty that's amazing. Impeccable timing on my part, huh? Yes. Yes. We just closed. Well, that's, uh, that's amazing. Congratulations. Take us back a little bit about, you know, so sort of how you came to this point in your business today, because I've known you for about seven years now and you know you've you've grown tremendously just in that time, but you know back sort of came to where you are today. Um, so when I first started coaching, um, I had an assistant and one sales partner, and didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so it was just really being intentional about where I wanted to go, and actually writing down where I saw myself, and building out business plans, and doing all of that, and. Um, it's crazy to look back on it and see the things that actually came true. So intentional affirmations and all of that has been really powerful for us. Um, and it's been incredible to watch the journey, um, obviously being coachable, um, listening and then surrounding myself with people like you, Josh. Um, I surround myself with people so that literally I'm the dumbest person in the room. And I just pick up and learn so much. If I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Yeah. Well, that's you know, a, a great mindset to have and that you're surrounding yourself by people who, you know, have already had the experience you can learn from and really be a sponge, you know, based on other people's success and their mistakes. You can sort of learn from, you know, what worked for them and, you know, what they found to be a little bit more challenging um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, some mistakes you've made along the way? <laughs> mistakes, I think might need to be my little name. I don't know. I thought it was Michelle, but maybe it's mistakes. I'm not sure. Um, so I have learned a lot. I've learned a lot to, um, you know, um, when you're working with your spouse, that's been a huge lesson for me is when you're working with your spouse making sure that you have designated roles and areas that you can be in and kind of a code word or a phrase when you're starting to kind of trip on each other a little bit. So for us, we say like, Hey, stay in your lane and not in a mean way, not in a rude way, but just like, Hey, you're getting into, you know, my area of expertise. Um, so that's been really good for us is to make sure that um, we're doing that. Um, not hiring people, that I like hiring for the actual job has been a huge one because um, I would be like, Oh, I really like you, but then they're not a fit for the job. And then I have myself kind of a mess. Um, the lesson that I'm learning right now is regarding exit strategies. 
So making sure that um, you set expectations up front regarding an exit strategy for people that want to leave your team so that it's healthy and good for everybody. Um, and let's see, gosh, there's been just so many lessons I've learned. So, so, so the exit strategy, you're talking about people that you have on your team and, you know, maybe they're not such a great fit or maybe they want to sort of grow independently of, of you and your organization and how do they leave and still be on good terms and everybody feels good about the experience working together? Exactly. So that's been a really great learning lesson for me. Um, and obviously during COVID, um, you know, some things that I learned is um, one of the favorite lines I have is in a rush to get back to your life, figure out what pieces of that life you want to rush back to. And during COVID, that's been really, you know, um, crucial for me um, is mind and mindset. Mindset really does matter. Some people think it's really hokey. And but it really, really does matter. And I think that everybody probably experienced that as knowing people that we knew that got sick, that passed away, that had issues, um, business, you know, all of that. I think it's been really important to just make sure that our mindset is right and that we're in the right frame of mind. And when we're not, who do we lean on to help pull us out of there really quickly? We can't yeah. live there forever. Yeah. Yeah, that, no, that's a that's a great point, Treasure. And you know, the, the fact that you know we can get past these experiences, you know, of the last couple of months and and the challenges that we faced, you know, says a lot about us as you know, as as wives, as mothers, husbands, fathers, uh, teammates, leaders, colleagues, you name it. What were some of the challenges that that you and your team faced just in the last sixty days? Um, gosh, I mean, the first one that we experienced was basically what most of the country experienced was being shut down, um, being essential, not, and then not essential and then essential and then not essential and, and navigating through people's biggest financial investments and, um, obviously wanting to stay safe and put health and safety first, but also realizing that we have people's financial investments on the line and we need to get these homes sold. Yeah. Um, and that's nothing that we should take lightly. And so for us, we've always been a very virtual company because we work with so much military that we're used to our clients not being here. So that piece was easier for us than I think a lot of other people. But yeah. that was really, really hard. Um, also, I'm a mom. I have two girls. And navigating that new life and managing so much loss for them um, was something that we had to navigate for and come up with a family plan together. Um, when you say, and, when you say so much loss for them and the girls, can you be more specific? You know, um, so we live in a military town and we have amazing neighbors that are military. And I think it was hard when the kids across the country, and I think this is something people don't really talk about enough is they were literally in school one day and out the next day. And they couldn't see their friends. They couldn't see their teachers that they love and adore and respect. They couldn't have that familiar space. They couldn't be surrounded by that routine. And that's all these kids have known. And so taking them from that to something completely different where we're trying to navigate this new thing and trying to work it. Um, you know, I watched a lot of moms and, and dads try to navigate of like, we're going to make sure that everything is perfect. And we're going to, and I'm like, I'm just going to show you real life. 
Like I'm going to show you my kids doing their homework in my bed because that's all we can get them to do today. I'm going to show you and I'm going to talk about publicly. Like my daughter had a show and tell with her class and she worked on this llama painting all day. And then when it came time the next day for show and tell, she's like, I'm not doing this. And so I just messaged her teacher and I'm like, she's not doing show and tell. And I'm not going to make her do show and tell. I'm going to make her do math. I'm going to make her do reading, but I'm not going to make her do show and tell. I'm kind of picking and choosing that. And her teacher came alongside of her and said, let's schedule a Zoom together and let's talk about it. And so Addie showed her the picture and they did all that. And we worked around that. But I think it was having that flexibility and not having to have everything fit into one realm. But some things that my kids lost were, you know, my daughter plays competitive softball. She's basically lost that season. My daughter lost prom. Um, She lost, you know, the end of the year of her junior year. Um, She, you know, didn't get to do the things with her friends she wanted to do. She, both of my girls had COVID birthdays. And so navigating that and making sure that we can still celebrate them and still keep everybody safe and healthy. Um, Having my daughter's best friend move away. I mean, there's been a lot of hardships but it's all been in the way that we worked our way around that as a family and the open conversations we had around it to keep mental health of our family and our community and everybody positive. So we said, yeah. okay, this is hard. We're going to acknowledge that this is hard, but yeah. what can we do that feels good around this? How can we win around this? And coming yeah. up with that with our kids of a way that feels good to them, not a way that feels good to me. Yeah. So so what you're saying is you're you're adapting this new home life where you're spending more time in the house together as a family in a way that's supportive to the girls. Yes. It's really all that matters. Like the happiness of my kids is really all that matters. And um, as a full-time working mom and business owner, you know, we run a hundred million dollar year company. That's nothing small to sneeze at. I have to spend time on that, but I also have to be, where it's, you know, what my why is and my why is my children and just really honing that in with my family and my kids. And, and we had great conversations together and um, it's been, it's been, I mean, there's been a lot of hardships with COVID, but there's also been a lot of amazing opportunities that arose from it. And I'm, I'm forever grateful for those opportunities. I wish they would have come in a different fashion to not hurt people. Um, but I'm really grateful for the lessons that I learned during this time. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, admirable that you can, you know, see sort of how to rise above the situation that you're thrown in. And rather than, you know, putting everybody into this sort of, you know, perfectly square box or this round hole and, you know, having to adapt to other people's needs and ideas, methodologies, philosophies, et cetera, about, you know, what's, what's right for their home and their opinion you're being flexible enough to recognize that, okay, you know, the kids aren't going to, you know, get up at the crack of dawn every day, brush their teeth, eat breakfast, get dressed, et cetera, and, you know, get to schoolwork. It's, you know, there's this flexibility because you're at home that you can, you know, be able to, as I said earlier, adapt to their needs and, and make sure that, you know, they're happy. And this is, this is shocking to all of us having to, you know, be in our homes for as long as we are and having to work like we are and, you know, having the kids, you know, do these sort of, uh, you know, Google Hangout classroom, Zoom uh, classes, et cetera, and expecting them to sort of check in every day and being held accountable. It, it's a lot. And it's, it's not just a lot for 
us as parents, but it's also a lot for them as, as kids to adapt to, as you said, not being able to see their, their, their classmates, their friends and, and the teachers and being in this familiar space, which are the, their classrooms and their schools. So, um, you know, being a parent in this era is, is quite, quite an undertaking as well. And it's bringing a newfound respect to, to the teachers and faculty at the schools and what they do day in and day out. I next year when and if we go to school I'm gonna go in and say like you want coffee every day you get coffee every day like you tell me what you want <laughs> and I will do for you because I don't understand and here's the other thing like I I can't help with fourth grade homework and I'm educated yeah. Like I don't, I can show her how to get the answer but I can't show her how to get the answer in the way that she gets the answer and she has to show her work. So thankfully my older one, who's a senior now, um, she came alongside of her and really helped her out and did all that because that was a whole new challenge of like, I don't understand this new math technique. And I, I felt like I was educated and now I'm like, no, I'm not smarter than a fourth grader. <laughs> <laughs> really brings us back. You know, it's like, oh, fractions. They were the death of me in the you know, fourth grade. <laughs> I, I still don't know how to do them. And I'm not in the fourth grade anymore. That's so, right. I, you know, I, I've broken it down pretty simply to my kids. And I said, well, you know, I have, I have uh, you know, some, some good news for you. And that in real life, you're actually not going to need trigonometry. So let's just skip this altogether. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's where it is, is like really honing in with your kids on what's really important and teaching them things that actually really matter in real life. You know, like my daughter really loves cooking. My fourth grader, she really loves cooking and she wants to be a chef someday. So I'm like, you're going to start making recipes and you're going to start experience experimenting in the kitchen and figuring this out. You have this time to do this. We're not just going to lay on our phone all day. You'll have some TV time for Netflix, but that's not what we're going to do all day. And how can you connect with your friends virtually? And how can we set this up so you can still talk to your cousins and everything? And, um, it's been, it's been really, really transformational for our family to just figure out new ways to pivot. Yeah. Yeah. And so w with that treasure, you know, you've created this company, you're, you're now your own brokerage, right? Yes. And, and so can you tell, can you tell me a little bit about that transformation? And so how you've not only become a team leader, but your own broker owner? Yes. So um, I have been with two big brands in my career over the last 15 years, and I really loved them. I respected them. Um, my last broker owner, I love and respect more than he will ever know. Um, and he has been inspirational in my career and just watching him has been amazing. Um, and I have a ton of respect for him, but it just came a time where, um, I, I wanted to try it. I wanted to be a, um, small business owner, a female small business owner, um, and I wanted to see if I could do it. And so I got my broker license and talked to the team. And thankfully, when I decided to go independent, they all decided to stay. But if they would have wanted to stay with our old brokerage, I would not have blamed them because it was a great brokerage. Um, I worked with them for a decade. And so um, I just decided that I wanted to do some things um, for us and our brand and our vision and where we saw ourselves going. Um, and it's been... A journey for sure. Um, 
I have a lot of respect for our broker knowing now what I didn't know then of all the regulations and everything you have to keep track of. Um, and I've realized more than ever, like who you work with and who you surround yourself with matters, you know, not yeah. just hiring every single agent, but hiring people that are quality that are going to make sure that your brand and your name and your reputation matters. I mean, we're in a really small town. Um, but even in New York city, like your name means something, your reputation means something. And, um, that's been just really important for us is to make sure that we're maintaining that. Yeah. So your focus is really on, you know, not only your underlying philosophy, but also maintaining your, your brand and making sure that there's a, an awareness to that so that you can form your own, uh, sort of image within the community and, and maintain it. Yes. It's been everything. Yeah. That's remarkable. And so you know, what, what was it that was sort of holding you back from, from creating that brand, but still within that brokerage umbrella? And, and what was it that sort of led you to that, to that point where you knew it was, in fact, time to make that shift? Uh, you know, actually, what's really remarkable is it, it wasn't 100% me. It was really the team. The team saying, we want to do this. We want to try this. Let's try something new. Um, and the opportunities that came along with it. So, you know, the opportunity of being able to open our own title company, the opportunity to be part owner in a mortgage company, the opportunity to do whatever we wanted to do. And if the market does turn to, you know, down the road to being foreclosures and short sales, being a small business, female owned business is going to help us. Um, and so we just wanted to be open to opportunities and flexibility and um, again, it was nothing bad about our brokerage. We worked with them for a decade. It was just, we wanted to be open to opportunities that came our way. And we thought that this was the way to be able to, to do it. And it's been, it's been a journey. So we've been independent for about eight months now. It's definitely been a journey. Um, but it, it all happened in the timing that it was meant to. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have done this. I'm like, it happened when it was meant to happen. And that's with everything in life. It happens when it's meant to happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great point. And I, I always believe that things happen the way that they're meant to happen. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, oftentimes, you know, working and living in the city, you know, you see all sorts of crazy things. And, you know, the other day, right around the corner from my house, there was an accident literally a block away from my house. And my wife had, you know, just driven through that accident, that, that intersection five minutes before. So if she left the house five minutes earlier, she might've been in that accident. You, you yeah. just never know. And, you know, there are things that happen and we don't know why, and we don't know when, but you know, they happen the way that they're meant to happen. So, you know, when, when you built this team within this other brokerage, can you take us through through that journey and, and how that started? You transitioned from company A to company B and, you know, talk to us about that experience. Yes. So my company A, I was with them for five years. I loved them. I would have never left them. Um, I started in real estate in 2005. And so in 2009, 10, so maybe a little bit less than that. Um, obviously, we went through the downturn of the market and everything. And, um, and what happened was it was a huge corporation and all of their offices were located in Arizona. And when the market downturn 2008, um, they could not reassess and, and 
minimize quick enough. And so he lost everything. Unfortunately, he is an amazing guy. Um, but we literally this is waited. Your, this is your, bro- your broker owner lost everything? Our broker owner lost everything in 2008. And basically the judge was waiting to tell us if we could keep our jobs or not because Colorado Springs was still making money. And he wanted to keep us to repay back what he had lost in Arizona. And the judge said, no, you're losing everything. And we cried our eyes out um, and decided that day we were going to go to another brokerage because obviously we couldn't stay at our current brokerage. That's the only reason I left that brokerage. Um, Fast forward, I joined my broker, my brokerage I was at for a decade and learned so much, Um, learned just so much about how to run a business, how to mentor um, the biggest brokerage in Colorado Springs. Um, And then just decided that I wanted to start, you know, I had more leads than I knew what to do with, which is basically, I think how a lot of people want to start a team, not the way I would certainly recommend it. But I was just like, I have all these leads, I don't know what to do with them. And so I looked for someone that I did a transaction with that I loved. And um, we actually met, she was with another brokerage and thought she was going to profit share off of us, which obviously she, I wasn't going to switch to that company. Um, and so she decided to come over to our company. She's still with the team. Her name's Leanne. Um, and she has just been inspirational. She has taught me so much about kindness and love and being a mom and everything. She's truly one of a kind. Yes, she is actually our first sales partner. Um, and we only hired due to her deciding to have children, which sounds funny to say that out loud. But when she decided to have a baby, we would hire a sales partner to cover her while she was on maternity leave. Um, And that has worked out for us tremendously. The team that we have been fortunate enough to build and surround ourselves with, I mean, the work that they did in October, November, December set us up for COVID. So while everybody else was taking time off and relaxing and getting ready for the holidays, we were buckling down and making phone calls, which then in turn for us you know, 60, 90 days after that, put us in COVID timeframe. And we crushed it through COVID, taking all the safety precautions, taking in everything we needed to do per our governor, being on lockdown, being not essential, being essential, working through all of that. um, And getting through all of that has really set us up for... And the ability to to take market. We have until now, until October 15th, before we hit the election cycle, Bingo. to get things in line and work really hard because we know election this year is going to be crazy bananas. Yeah. No that's matter right. what side of the fence you're on or if you're on no fence at all, it's going to be crazy. That's right. I think all attention is going to be shifting to the election come October. So I'm telling people that we have this golden window of opportunity you know, from, from basically June through October to really crush it. And, you know, meet our goals. And, and, you know, what, from what I'm hearing, a lot of people around the country are actually busier now than they were this time last year because of this pent up demand. So a lot of activity is going to be condensed between the time that we reopen and the election. Absolutely. Our team this year has already sold 215 homes. Wow. That's crazy. And how does that compare just out of curiosity? Cause 215 to me is like, push. cause you know, we, we do a lot of volume and, you know, the average agent in New York probably does 10, maybe 15 deals a year. Uh, you know, with teams, maybe you're seeing, you know, 30 to 50. Uh, but, 
you know, we do about 150 deals a year on average at the Ruben team. And, uh, you know, our average price point is right around the average in the city. But, but to hear that you've sold 215 homes year to date is just beyond. And how does that compare to your prior year? I mean, giving it some perspective, I mean, you probably sell a parking spot what I sell a home for. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So, I mean, we have to take that into consideration, but um, we are on track this year to sell 450 homes in our marketplace. Last year we did 400. Wow. That's great. So even with COVID, you're still on track to do about 110% of what you did last year. Yes. So the, the pandemic, you know, as challenging as it was for everybody, you actually took market share away during the, during the pandemic because, you know, you just continued to accelerate through it and really just kind of, you know, almost leapfrog over your competition. That is what we want to do. I mean, we have the abundance to know that there's a lot for everybody, but um, we, we really listen to the coaching and our mindset and making sure that we stay true to our branding, our messaging, and coming from a place of help and love and true support. And the business has always followed. That's always been secondary. Yeah, it's remarkable. You know, you're coming from a place of helpfulness. You're not necessarily coming from a place of, hey, I want to sell you something. Let's go out and, you know, find you, you know, the one home that I can sell you. You're coming from a place of saying, hey, you know, how can I help, you know, the community? How can I help my teammates? How can I help my family? And, you know, how can we help our clients? And then, you know, the rest just kind of falls into place. It's, It's really a beautiful thing when you come to it from that perspective. Yeah. And it's also being able to have the real conversations. Like some people should not have bought and some people still should not buy. And having those honest conversations with them of like, is now a good time to buy, sell or invest? Well, it depends. What are your goals? What are your plans? What are you looking to do? Let's have an honest conversation around it. And there's been times we've told people like, this isn't the time for you. Um, And for us, we are a military town. We have five military installations They have not had orders yet, which hurts us because we're 90% military. Um, They're getting orders August 1st. So we are so excited for that. Um, That's going to be great for us. Um, But again, even with them, it's going to be taking the time to say, is this a right time for you to buy? How long are you going to be here? What are your plans? And let's make sure we can build this for the right investment, not just let's sell you a house. Now, Treasure, you know, speaking of which, due to the fact that you're in a military community in Colorado Springs, you know, th- what is the turn time on these people's homes? You know, typically we're seeing people stay in their homes for five to seven years on average, but is yours a little bit shorter? Yeah, ours is around two years. Wow. Uh, and then from those two years, it's also, you know, I'd say two to three years, but it's also you know, making sure that when they do turn, look, let's just plan that they need to turn in two years. It, you know, is this a good investment for them or can they keep it in their portfolio and keep it as a rental property? And we can assist them with finding a property manager that just does property management to make sure that they're protected. So it's kind of looking at everything, like making sure that we're really real estate advisors and not just one-off, you know, salespeople. Yeah. You know, that's a problem that a lot of people in sales make and not just in real estate, people do the deal and then they forget about the customer. And it's not just about the customer and the transaction, but about the life and the longevity of the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Treasure, you know, you've, you've come from an individual agent about 15 years ago, was it? 
Yes. Uh, you know, at the first brokerage that unfortunately the broker owner, you know, fell on hard times during the, the great recession. Um, and then you, you pivoted to the, to the, you know, broker B as we're calling it. But, um, you know, is there one deal that stands out to you in your career? That's the most memorable. Gosh, um, I can think of so many stories right now. Um, so many people like I love meeting clients and they're, they're always come at like the strangest times where you like meet clients and you're like, I know why I'm here. And it isn't just about your home. Like I'm here for the next lesson in my journey. And I know that sounds a little bit hokey, but, um, I would say that for us, it was, um, a client that we sold in the Broadmoor and he referred us to, um, a, another attorney in the Dallas area that wanted to sell his second home in fluorescent and fluorescent is a really small mountain town. And he wanted to list the home for a million dollars because it was next to some fossil beds, which is really cool. And so we did that. And then, and, how did that, and, and so I'm sorry, the Broadmoor is a condominium or is it a neighborhood? Yes. Great. So the Broadmoor is a really nice area, part of town that everybody wants to be in. It has award-winning schools. Um, it's just a really great, it's just a really great part of Colorado Springs, um, upper end homes, all of that. And so he wanted to live next to the Broadmoor hotel, which is a five-star hotel. Um, that is magical. Um, and we cannot wait to go back to it as soon as it opens. Um, (laughs) And, um, so his so, friend, the, the attorney from Dallas is now selling a, a house in another community called fluorescent, is it? fluorescent, which is a tiny, tiny mountain town. There's maybe a couple thousand people that live there. So mm-hmm. selling a million dollar house there is really unheard of. Um, yeah. but I was going to ask, how does that compare to the, to the neighborhood and the comps? In, in the I area? would say the average in that area is like 260,000. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so you're talking about you're talking about putting putting his house on the market for four to five x the average in the community. Why? Because it's next door to this area with some fossil beds. Yes, which is okay. very cool. I mean, that's just like the Colorado dream is to have fossil beds like in your backyard. Okay, got um, it. And so we listed the property. Um, he was a past client referral, which is amazing. That's what we love the most is knowing that people love the quality of the service we give them. They know that we did the best for them. We know that we didn't leave any money on the table and we sold their home for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. And um, we did right by them. And so the fact that it was a referral was really amazing. The fact that they're, they live in Dallas and these are their second homes was amazing. And then um, we put it on the market and our team actually ended up doing the other side of the transaction. Um, We had a buyer that wanted to purchase it. And so that was incredible for us. Like that was a huge win. Um, And she actually grew up in that area. Um, She was military and wanted to retire there and make that her dream home. And it was a beautiful home with expansive views of all of the mountains, the, this, um, the Valley, everything. So it was an amazing piece of property that she scored on and just loves living there. So, wow. So that, that worked out for everyone. Yes, that was definitely a memorable transaction. Just from the start of it, that it was a past client referral, just working all the way through was just amazing. 
Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. It reminds me of a, of a deal that I just completed a couple months ago where past client of mine referred me his daughter and, you know, they started off looking at, you know, pretty uh, average size one bedrooms in the village, prime locations. And then uh, my, my client who was helping his daughter buy this apartment said, you know, what I do for her, I'm going to have to do for my older, other daughter in just a couple of years. So what if we combine forces and rather than spending, say, $900,000 on a one-bedroom, we combined forces and got them a house in Brooklyn? And I said, okay, great. And so they started to look online, and I would send them listings. They would send me listings. And the one listing that they said that they really liked, uh, the address was uh, 666 St. Mark's. And as soon as they sent me the, 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 the listing, I said, this is not going to work just because of the address, you know, 666. Right. I said, I said, I'm not so sure about this, but we went forward and long story short, the, the listing agent was nuts. Uh, the seller was nuts and it didn't work out. I mean, we got pretty far along in negotiations. We had a contract out. It, it just, it just didn't work. Fast forward, we decided to cancel that deal and we went out and found an, another, another house. And I knew from the moment that I saw that the listing agent was Anthony Marshall from Corcoran, I knew that it was going to be a, a, just a good situation. I never had seen the house, didn't even know the block, but I got out of the subway, walked to the house, and as soon as I turned the corner to walk up the block, it was tree-lined and beautiful, and I said, this is going to be the house that they buy. And that was the house that they bought, and it was just love all around. So... Uh, it, yeah. it was it was a good situation. And that should be everybody's goal in real estate and in business and in life is to be that realtor that when they see or when they see your name anywhere, they're like, love, respect, all around. That's who I want to work with. I know it's going to be a great situation. Like, those are powerful words, Josh. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely. So with that treasure, I want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Congratulations again on the closing today of your new commercial space. I wish you nothing but success and we'll see you real soon. Sounds good. Thank you for the opportunity, Josh. You bet.